The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. of the Just Swing It podcast. I know you missed us, so first I'll update you on what's been going on. I had to go to Florida the week before Thanksgiving for work, and then, of course, Thanksgiving, and then now I'm back in Florida for probably the whole month of December, basically. Um, So we had planned to do a couple episodes, but you know how construction is. Some things go wrong, and all of a sudden it's 7, 8 o'clock. My hotel's an hour from where I was going, so a couple of nights we had planned to do the show just didn't happen, didn't make it back in time. And then, of course, I was back last week, all week for the holidays. And, you know, you got family stuff and that sort of thing. So we didn't get any episodes done. But um, like I said, I'm back for to Florida for the whole month. And it's a little like I'm a little more settled in now, just not being here for a week. So we're definitely going to do some shows. And we have one for you tonight. It's going to be kind of a short one, more just an educational one. Um, but before we... Um, get to that. I'm here with um, John Burrell. Um, we've heard some news here recently about how John needs another job um, to possibly make a lot more money here very fastly. So if you um, have a little extra money to throw around, please send it John's way. He is currently accepting donations. Now, he won't be able to benefit from those, but um, they will help him greatly. But yeah, I'm here with John Burrell. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh you know, been uh, pretty cold in the Carolinas um, the last couple of days. It's cold in Florida. It's been 60. Yeah, so it's, I guess it's just cold everywhere. But I was hoping to get back from West Virginia and it'd be warm, but hasn't been the case so far. But other than that, um, you know, I had a good holiday, um, spent time with the family back in West Virginia. But it's good to be back home here, even though we're uh, back at work. So uh, hopefully we can make some money trading and not have to work anymore. You're not even going to talk about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got engaged as well. So over the holidays. So it's only been about 15 years. Um, I did hear word that he did not propose with the ring pop. He went with one of the rings out of the quarter machine instead. But <laughs> no, that's not the case. But Will uh, wants more money. But, it, sounds, uh, it sounds more legit that way. <laughs> But yeah, we got a um, good show for you today. Um, you probably don't even remember what we said we were going to talk about on our next show because it's been a couple of weeks, but today we'll be discussing, um, we'll be moving on on kind of the, 
I don't want to call them technical analysis tools, but I guess they are technical analysis tools. But um, what would you call them, John? Just like trading indicators and that sort of thing? Yeah, they're, they're indicators. They're, de they're a part of technical analysis, but technical analysis. Yeah, usually people that do technical analysis are drawing like trend lines and yeah. Fibonacci. And, and, and we'll get to some of that stuff as we go. But um, tonight, tonight we're going to talk about um, the use of Bollinger Bands, which are like I said, indicators, they're just kind of already, they're kind of like trend lines. They're just already established by somebody for you. But um, I don't really use them that much, but John, I know uses them a lot in the, when he's doing the futures. I did look at them when doing futures, but I don't use them on my regular stocks, but you can use them. So um, John's going to discuss some trend lines or not trend lines, Bollinger Bands for you tonight. And then I may or may not have any input on what he says. So Hopefully he does a good job and I can just sit back and relax and maybe collect some money if the Steelers quit shit in the bed. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've already talked about simple moving average, right? Didn't we already talk? Yeah, that? we did simple moving average and we slightly talked about exponential. That probably deserves another conversation later, but we did the simple mo moving average, yes. Okay, so a good starting place is with the simple moving average because it's actually a part of the Bollinger Bands. Well, feel so, free, it's been a while. Feel free to go on a quick summary. That one's an easy one, so. Yeah, so the, the simple moving average is just an average of price over the time frame that you want. So the time frame is talked about in periods. So if you are looking at a day chart or if you're looking at a minute chart, whatever the increment, whatever candlestick um, sync what you're looking at. If it's a one minute per candlestick, that's a period. If it's one day per candlestick, that's one period of time, just depending on what time frame that you're looking at. But and if you look before we before we get into that, I think it's pretty obvious, but I don't know that we've explicitly said it here. Um, what time frame to look at really depends on what you're looking for. Like if you're looking to make a day trade, you're not going to look at the one day chart. Like if you're looking to make a swing trade over the next week, then maybe you look at the day chart some maybe, but if you're like a day trader, you're going to look at that five minute chart or the 15 minute charts because you're wanting to see the trends over that very particular time, basically over a course of the day, you want it in um, smaller amounts of time. If you're looking to trade long-term, maybe you're looking, you know, at, at the yearly chart, which is, uh, that could be 15 years of data or 20 years of data, or, you know, it's, it's definitely the day charts are choosing that is important. And it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And there may be different um, reasons to look at each, um, each of the different ones. And I would say it's probably best to validate whichever one you're looking at with the other ones. Like try to check the box on multiple ones. Don't just, okay, the one minute looks good. Let's jump in. Maybe, look, well, does that look good in the five minute? But yeah, I think it's clear, but just wanted to point that out that you have to decide which one is best for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And um, so whatever period of time that you're looking at, um, the Bollinger Band uses 20 periods. So if you're looking at the five minute chart, it'll look at five can, I mean, it'll look at 20 candlesticks of each candlestick representing five minutes. If you're looking at a day, it'll look at 20 candlesticks um, for 20 days. So it has a simple moving average in the middle. So the Bollinger Band plots the 20 period simple moving average of price. So 
It just takes all the closing price data from those 20 periods or of those candlesticks and it averages the price and it shows you the price line on your chart. So I can actually pull that up. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast, you know, well, that was the explanation of it. But if you're listening here on YouTube, we're going to try to give you something that you can look at as just kind of a reference. And if you're listening to this as the podcast version, you want to see this as well, you can check us out on Pivotal Trading's YouTube page, or channel rather. So here it is on the, can you see that, Chris? Um, yes. Okay. So in the middle here in this yellow line is your 20 uh, period moving average, and it's based on the closing price of each of the candlesticks. So if we zoom in here, uh, you can see two other lines, and those other lines um, let's see if I change, let's see. Can you still see the chart? Yeah, I can see the chart. Okay. Uh, okay. So I had, uh, I'm pulling up the definition so I can at least read you the definition and then we'll talk more about it. So, yeah, so I have it right here though. Do you yeah, have you it wanna... up because I, I got it. Yeah, um, go ahead. Basically the Bollinger bands are like John said, if you look at the definition, you're you're probably going to talk about days because people are using more as um, you know over a longer period of time. But like I said, the period, the day part of it is really just a period. So twenty periods, as John said, and it's really just two um, two standard deviations above the simple moving average and two standard deviations below, and that gives you the range. Yes, and that's what those other two bars are that you see on the chart. So the average is just, you know, where the average of prices. And then as you can see, if I zoom back out here, you can see that price stays within the Bollinger or Bollinger bands, however you pronounce it, 95% um, uh, of the time. And then there's a, uh, a small amount of the time where it actually goes outside of the bands. And so there's different strategies. You can literally play this in many different ways, but whatever strategy you that makes the most sense to you that you want to use with this, uh, just make sure you do a little back testing and, and come up with something. Now, for me, um, when I'm using technical analysis tools like Bollinger, you know, like indicators or Bollinger bands, like Chris mentioned before, is it's usually with futures. Um, my over my longer term investing, you know, I kind of look at. Uh, the one hour and the day chart. And, you know, I might look at these a little bit, but usually I use macro for my bigger investments for long term. But for trading purposes, these are really good tools if you're, um, you know, either wanting to scalp a few points or if you're wanting to just day trade in and out or do a swing trade. These are really good tools to give you some kind of gauge. And like you said, I would say, yeah, um, for me, I found these best used, um, like you said, for scalping. So like, because you can, I mean, you're going to hit both the bottom and upper Bollinger Band multiple times throughout, you know, a day or whatever. So it's, it's really easy. Well, it's not, I don't want to say really easy. I take it back. Um, it's because that's a bad word. Nothing's necessarily always happens or really easy, but, um, yeah, you can see when it hits maybe too high and you can go short and hit too low and go long. And that that's just to scout for that like very minute um, portion of time, whereas you don't really have to use them to make an assumption on what's going to happen over the week or the month. You can be bullish and still short do a short scout just 
to hold for 10 minutes or whatever. So that's where I found these most useful. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, in talking about the uh, standard deviation, so uh, what the standard deviation, what it is of is the volatility of the, of, of the, from the, you know, the period look back that you're looking at. So as volatility expands, which means there's more back and forth movement of the underlying or security that you're trading, the wider the bands uh, will go. And those bands are two standard deviations away. So if, if uh, price starts moving much, you know, back and forth and goes one way real fast and then goes the other way real fast in 20 uh, periods, then the bands will expand and like I said, this this is something that's it's good to look at. There's if you just look at this visually, you can see some really good scalping opportunities in here. But then you can also see that it doesn't always work. So you have to build a plan. It's not just a hundred percent of the time you do this or that. It's well, a certain percent of the time it does this, and I'm going to allocate a certain amount of money for this specific trade. But it's not a you know one. Um, one scenario is best. Um, some people like to use this as a breakout strategy. Like if it breaks out of this, then they'll say, well, maybe that's a trend to the upside that'll continue to go higher. Or if it's a break to the lower side, maybe it's a trend that's going to go lower. But that's not always the case, as you can see here on the chart. But some people do what's called uh, mean reversion. So if it hits that, they're looking for it to bounce off of the lower band or the higher band go back more towards the average. So there's many different ways that you can you can play the Bollinger Bands and you can also combine this with other indicators to give you a more clear idea of what price may do. Yeah, and um, just to clear that one thing up, I think you said it's a 95% chance they occur inside the bands. I, th I think it's actually 90% chance, right? It's because the two standard deviations is 95% chance. So you got the 5% on both sides. So it's actually 90% chance they stay in between the bands. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, pretty, I'm not sure, I'm sure. if, um, I think I'll that's true. Sure. I think that's true on like, um, like if you were talking about the standard deviation of, pro, of like an underlying itself, but this is like a standard deviation of the moving average. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's on each side. Yeah, but it's on each side. So it's so the standard two standard deviations is 95%, correct? Correct, but it's 2.5% on each side. No, 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 no. It's you're missing it. It's two standard deviations on each side. So each side is a 95% chance it stays under the high, 95% chance it stays above the low. You're missing the two five percent. It's ninety. It's ninety percent chance as a total that it stays in in between. So because it's two it's two separate. You're you're trying to look at it as like a. Um, but standard deviation measures both sides, though. Yeah, but yes, but I, I I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure on this one. We can we, we can might, look, we might need to look this up actually because we can, we can look it up if you want but I, I'm pretty pretty sure on this because I, I think you look at the lines as two like two separate entities. Um, but um John John you can pull it up if you want but um while you're doing that you talked about using it with other indicators um 
like I was about to, yeah, I was about to mention that. Okay, as well. okay, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're, yeah, so you're right. I, I was thinking of it as like if you know you have a standard deviation and a standard deviation accounts for both sides, but like you said, this is a two standard deviations this way and then two standard deviations this way. So it, it is a process. Yeah, and you can. Yeah, and you can tell that because if it was just one both bands would be identical shaped on the opposite sides they're two separate right yeah and i get yeah you can see on the chart that they're not exactly okay that makes that makes but, um, yeah i was gonna say i we talked about rsi before i feel like this is a good one to use with rsi so if you get something that you say is overbought you can also go back and now look at the bollinger bands and r um, which, you know, takes into account the volatility, are we still inside of that or are we above that? If we're still inside of that, maybe we're not over, quite over, maybe we're over Bob, but not quite enough to go in yet. I feel like these would be a two, uh, those would be um, good to use together. Yeah, so, and in, in, in the strategy that I talked about before here on the um, podcast, um, I actually talked about a, the RSI and Bollinger Band, now, something to note on that is that the RSI's preset is a 14 period. The Bollinger, yeah. uh, Bollinger Bands is a 20 period. So when you I can change, yeah, you can change them. So what I do is I, I changed uh, my relative strength index or the RSI to a 20 period. So it matched the uh, Bollinger Bands. Um, one, but you can have them different if you want to, just whatever makes sense for you. Or you can change the Bollinger Band to fit the RSI. So. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Can you change the Bollinger Band since they were kind of... So that would be... So in, intuitively, I would think that it would, it would um, give the same result depending on what you changed. But that may be something to look into of which one is which one is better suited to be changed because it depends on you know how it was um developed and that sort of stuff it may be better to change the rsi and leave the bollinger bands or it may be better to change the bollinger bands and leave the rsi i don't know the answer to that that's something you have to research but yeah, for so your study on here on tasty works it'll let you change the standard deviation on the top and the bottom and the and the period length yeah, so the standard deviation would definitely be one you had to research before I would change. And also, you can change the average if you want simple moving average or exponential. Yep. And, um, yeah, I guess if you were going to change the standard, if, if you were, like, really risky, you could probably change that to, to one if you wanted. <laughs> You would definitely get a lot more, I guess you could call it. Signal. You would get a lot more trades. Yeah, if yeah. you were day trading, I don't know that it would hurt you because you could just pop it back real fast. And even if it went over, you could just hang on a second. Um, but yeah, um, the Bollinger Band seemed like something that definitely can be used for day trading or scalping. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't used them for actually swing trading or more for like a, a long term or even like a, you know, a longer term swing trade or anything like that. So I don't know the success there. Um, I think that would definitely be one you use with a bunch of different metrics like the RSI Bollinger Bands if you're going to do a longer term one. But 
for scalping and that sort of stuff, it seems to work pretty well. Like John said, 10% of the time, it may go through, but as you saw on the chart, they're not like, it, it didn't like fly through. Um, so sometimes you, you may go through, but it may not hit your stop loss or whatever. Um, something that I've found is when you do blow through, like completely, you blow keep through, going, right? Yeah. It just keeps going a lot of the time. And I think that's the common thing you hear technical analysis traders talk about that a lot, like breaking resistance or, um, breaking support norm. I, th I think that's a sign normally that it keeps going in the same direction. Like if you break resistance, it's a bullish sign normally. That's why when um, you see stocks hit their all time high, that's, that doesn't mean that's the right time to short it because there's probably at least a little more up right now. If something hits its all time high, I want at least, at least uh, probably another day until the, until not maybe uh, 24 hours, but at least until the next day to see if we're continuing up or, or what we're doing before I would want to buy a put. But going back to the volatility, um, how exactly would you, um, you know, trade those? It would, would it, or I guess you could trade either one. I guess if you're scalping, the high volatility would give you a lot more movement. So if you're doing that, that's probably be a better one. But as far as um, but take scalping out the, the equation, is the best way to trade it um, when it when it gets a real narrow um, volatility range, which um, may mean that in the future, like pretty soon it's going to break out to higher volatility so if you know volatility is real low then you should expect that it's going to be higher than that at some point is that probably the better way as far as like um not not day trading not um scalping but just trading for like a longer term swing or week or whatever yeah i mean you almost have to combine it with something else for direction um, so like we were talking about the RSI is perfect um, because you can buy, can bind directional momentum. Uh, but your most opportunity would be in that in that case, right? When you go when you're in low volatility. Yeah, when you're in low volatility, um, there's going to be a much bigger move. It's just um, you have to have some kind of idea of which way. Yeah. Um, but that's where you get your biggest breakouts of the bands, uh, and it can be very explosive. And, it, and either way that it breaks out, usually that can start a trend, uh, I would say, more than 50% of the time. So probably like 55, 60% of the time, if not more, whichever way it breaks out from the band, you're getting a lot of volume in the market that wasn't trading back and forth. And usually when you get a lot of volume in one direction, uh, that's because some news came out or something happened that's pushing, you know, people to react that way. So when, now, so, so for me, you know, news, after you hear the news, it's old. So if you have some kind of like, um, some kind of strategy or model that tells you, um, you know, hey, I think this news is going to be bad because of, you know, whatever you've created, then a good way uh, to use the Bollinger Band with that is say, hey, I think this is going to the downside and you can play, place your trade when the volatility collapses and then you can get that big breakout. But, yep. you know, as soon as some information comes out, you'll get that explosive volatility in one way and usually it continues in that direction, I would say yeah, 55, 60% of the time, if not higher. 
Yeah, that's a very common saying. You you buy the rumor, you sell the news because once you hear about the news, your big time investors, these hedge funds, they've already known the news. And if you don't know that that's true, just watch the um, ES futures, maybe on a daily basis, maybe a day where Jerome Powell is about to speak or something like that. And right before he does it, it's going to move in, you know, whatever the news is right before it's going to move pretty drastically in one direction. And then you're going to hear about it, about it and you're going to be like, oh man, what happened? So you can't, as the retail investors, you can't trade necessarily waiting on news because they um, normally when it's going up, it's not that big of a deal for you because say the news comes out, like John said, there's going to be a huge um, volume explosion, that sort of stuff. So say, say um, you're looking at Uber and it was $50 and the, some news came out and it rose to $51 before the news came out and you bought it at $51. Well, you're probably still going to make some money, just not much as you can. But where it can hurt you is when bad news comes out, it's going to drop definitely before you're able to sell. So down is definitely a lot more um, hurtful, hurtful there for sure. Yeah. And the, um, you know, that's a really good point. And it, it's like, you know, by the time you hear the news, it's over. Um, there was a trade that, uh, you know, I was watching the futures and I was up real late. It was like one or two o'clock. And it was when that vaccine um, news came out. And we had that massive update um, where it was like, I, I can't remember the company. I don't follow companies too much, but we had that massive Pfizer. vaccine. What is it? Pfizer. Yeah, and it was the it was like the first news of the vaccine stuff, and we had this massive move to the upside. Well, I was watching the futures, and I had this one big bar just break above the Bollinger Bands, and it was a big bar. I'm like, oh, tomorrow's gonna be green as you know what. So I, I bought in a future, just a small position, and I mean, it exploded all day, and it was basically just because you had all that volume. And I knew something was up because, you know, we had had news and it could have went e either way. But once I've seen that future move up, you know, you know that there's someone knew something. And when you get that much volume and that big a breakout in low volatility, it's usually going to continue. So it continued. But what's crazy about it is that as soon as the news came out, it came out before the market opened. So if you got into the market at the open, it's already over with. You couldn't have well, gone. Not that market. day, but normal news. That day, I think, had a 5% explosion after the market. Well, yeah, well, yeah <laughs> not that day. You, you could have still got in. But what I'm saying is, is usually stuff comes out before the open, and then you buy at the open, and you, you've missed out on everything. That day, like you said, it, it just continued to go. Um, I got out way earlier. I should have kept it on because I was thinking, well, you know, one and a half percent, that's a pretty good move and it just continue to go. But, um, and if you listen to this show, you, um, you know that news comes out before the market opens or after it closes because we've griped multiple times on this show about companies wait until 30 minutes after the close, 20 minutes after the close to release news or doing it right before the market opens. Basically, your patent. 
I, I won't say they're patting each other on the back or helping big investors, but really they're patting themselves on they're they're helping themselves. They release the news before the market opens. They can get, you know, other people can get shares of their company and stuff like that on the news before millions of people come in and run the price up, basically. Yeah. And also, and then when the new investors come in, they they exit their trades and take profits and then everybody else is holding the bag after the news has already come out because people are chasing it. Yeah, there's a huge, um, something kind of similar to that that people wasn't paying attention. Now, this is not a company I trade because it's, um, ever since, like you, John's mentioned before, ever since its IPO, it's had um, shit written all over it. The GM deal was shit. Every, everything was shit. And that's Nicola. And as soon as their CEO- yeah. I harped it, about this as soon as I heard it. <laughs> Yeah, and um, Nicola, when they did the GM deal, it all exploded up. And then maybe like a week later, when their CEO stepped down, you knew there's something up. So if you were still buying in at that that point, I can't help you. Um, because when a company's CEO steps down after signing a deal with one of the major um, firms in the industry, um, that means there's something wrong with the deal. It ain't just like before they were trying to pass it up like, Oh, it was just a mistake or whatever. But when people like your your founder and stuff start stepping down, that means that wasn't a mistake. There there were more to it. And now, as we've heard this past week, they've restructured the deal with GM, and GM's no longer taking a, a part in Nicola. There's some kind of deal there, but it's not the same as it was. So Nicola dropped. And then I think yesterday the CEO that stepped down, his lock, his lockup period ended and he was able to sell. Um, his shares if he wanted and it was millions of shares that he was able to sell and it just plummeted wow but i'm sure a lot of people lost some money there yeah for sure but yeah i mean that's pretty much it on bollinger bands and uh i think there's some really good information about how you can use them and uh you know see what you can come up with have you been trading any um recently you did any trades um as far as like um long-term trades or like any anything um well i've been taking profits on most of the stuff remember when i come out with that huge also oh, you kept yeah you kept those for a while yeah yeah so that huge list if you follow our discord that i mean i had nothing on and then all of a sudden i placed like tons of stuff so i took off my japanese yen for a 50 profit it was a it was a pretty big trade it was a uh, Jap, uh, japanese yen future that was a pretty big trade for me. I took that off at 50% profit. I have, I took all my winners off. I kept my losers on. I have Iron Condor that's blown through the call side in SPY. And I just moved my put spread up, collecting more credit and reducing my risk. I have the same amount of risk on, but I'm collecting more credit. So I've been able to, uh, I think I'm pretty flat on the position. And then I have a Twitter still on. Twitter, you, Twitter's going to come back in the money because you, you got that one on when Twitter was like $48 or so, I think. Twitter. Yeah, so, a, so right I now, to get that one back. So I had an iron condor. The call side was 45. The spread was a $2 spread. So it was a 45, 47 on the call side. It's at 47.23. So it's went through my call side, but my put side, um, I made some money off of the, you know, where it was at, and then I moved it down to take some of the losses away. 
Um, my computer says I'm down $62 on SPA, but that's not right because they're not they're not counting the credit that I had before I rolled the puts up. Yeah, you have to count that. Yeah, so if you if you um, use, you know, Tastyworks or whatever platform, when you roll and you collect more credit, you have to manual, as of right now, you have to manually calculate that yourself. It yeah. just shows your current trade. You're right, exactly. So I don't think I've lost uh, but like $40 on the spy one. Um, and I think on Twitter, it says 42, but I think I'm down like 30 or so. And on and UNG is my biggest loser right now, which <laughs> I actually, um, I, I, I told that, you when you put that one on that it was too early. Yeah. So um, I made a little bit of money and rolled my put up. And when I rolled my put up, then it plummeted but I did collect some more credit. It says I'm at a $79 loser. It's a Jade Lizard, so I have a naked put on right now. It's a Jade Lizard. But, but you have like $11 one, don't you? A uh, what? You you bought it when it was over 11 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a long this position. This position says I'm down $79, but it's not. It's probably like 50 but those are my um, three losers. The winners that I had was um, Japanese yen. Um, let's see, the last 60 days, what I got. So winners were, um, I, I closed out XLV for a, a, a break even. Uh, TME, um, I made um, like 20 or 30 bucks. Japanese yen, I made a hundred and um, like thirty bucks. Corn, I made a hundred dollars in uh, mini corn futures. Um, so that's the good and the bad. And right now, I haven't placed any trades other than I am long SM seventy five, uh, the small financial seventy five futures, and we're sitting at a fifteen dollar loss right now. Yeah, so last week, um, last week I didn't place too many. I did have a fifty dollar winner on just like a GM trade overnight. I think I bought it right. At, I bought a call right at the close. Like it kind of plummeted a little bit right at the close. I bought a call for the next day. Sold it as soon as morning hit. Made like forty five or fifty dollars. That's really the only trade I made last week and the week I was gone. Um, I have, I've, I've, of course, I've been adding to my long-term position, my dividend for my dividend portfolio. Um, we got some dividends coming from Coke and um, Realty Income, so those should be here in you know a little few days. Um, but this week I've been doing pretty good, John. I haven't made that many trades, but the couple I've made have really hit. So like yesterday, Snapchat like was doing like good, up, 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 and all of a sudden it like tanked real fast. I bought a call right there at the tank and I made about, you know, 50, 60 bucks in um, about 30 minutes. I just sold it as a day trade. I mean, it was like literally like 30 minutes. I was up 60 bucks. I was like, I'll just take that. I don't know where this is going. And then today, and this is what I'm pretty excited about. Well, I haven't sold it yet. So something overnight could kill it, but I, I made a trade in pins, even though I told myself I wouldn't after we got killed on that earnings trade. Uh -oh. But they're going to pay me my money back and some more, I think. So uh -oh. this morning, and this will be kind of good for this um, episode, too, because we're talking about volume. 
this morning pins like just tanked like down it was at like 68 or up high 67s and all of a sudden it was like 65 bucks I'll just like all of a sudden i think the market as a whole kind of had like a little dip and then immediately went back up like it was like a super quick dip i got a call in in there and it went it's all the way back up to over 68 dollars now i'm up over 100 i'm up like 120 dollars or so on the position as long as that holds till morning which and after hours it looked like it was going to it didn't really move in that it went up a little bit in after hours and kind of went back to where it started it's up like five cents but um I'm gonna make all that money we lost back on this trade, I think. So I should be in the green on Pinterest for the year if I don't trade it again this year. <laughs> Heard that. That's but, good. Uh, yeah, so that's the only few trades I made. I almost made the trade that Alex posted in the Discord kind of like at the end of the day because he had all the analysis stuff. He seemed really sure about it but it was like $290 and I was like, I don't want to take a chance right here on a $290 call or something kind of expensive. Um, I wasn't sure it did hit immediately. I mean, it went up to like 440 bucks in like an hour at the day. Like, I mean, it, it was a huge hit. Should have done it, didn't do it, but you can't lose money you don't spend. So, um, and I had a good day. I was up there, you know, my PL was great for today. So. That's good. Didn't want to mess it up with something like that, just trying to push too hard. But, um, yeah, you got anything else? If not, that's pretty much the show. Uh, yeah, I got a quick thing here um, that may surprise you is I may short gold. Yeah, gold boomed yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, I might actually go short gold. So, um, so that, that that's something that uh, might be – What kind of time frame, though? So you gotta you gotta put that out there. Um, like two me. months. Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta put that out there when me and you discuss things because I have my like longer term trades or even like I have stocks that aren't just dividends too. Like I own a, a bunch of DraftKings which are doing phenomenal. I bought those when it was at like forty and now we're at about fifty two. But um, yeah, most of just most of my trades that I talk on here is gonna be a month to three months. Yeah, so when I say trades, I'm normally talking about, you know, a couple of days to a week as far as my trades. And then I do, unless I do like um, sell premium, if I sell premium, then it's, you know, the month or the 21 days or whatever. But if I just do it, so this is a good discussion. John's, that's his time frame. If I say I'm doing a naked color, naked put, it's not for three weeks. It's for a day or two. And if I'm still, if I'm like, I bought one and two days from now, I'm still like even or like down $5 or something. I'm probably just selling it because I'm not taking the theta. When I do the naked ones, I'm not looking to take theta. I'm looking to get those for like a quick jump. If it doesn't happen, I'm fine with selling it at even. I'm not sticking around hoping it, it will happen. So, but um, if I sell premium, it's obviously more towards the correct mechanics. Um, John, like you said, his longer term trades, you month or two months, same thing for him. If he sells premium, it's going to be the 45 days, sell at the 21 days most of the time. And then if he does futures, that could be whenever. So that may be a shorter term. But Yeah, mo most of uh, – so what I like to do is um, if I'm shorting something, uh, it's definitely going to be on the long time period. Um, and, and if I'm going long – so if I'm shorting something, it's going to be directly shorting it. It's probably not going to be using options. Um, 
just because that's what I'm most comfortable with. If I'm going long something, I'm either going to do um, most likely I'm going to sell a put. And if the implied volatility is really, you know, you know, juicy, then I'll do a Jade Lizard just because I can get farther out and take some uh, some credit on the call side. But uh, right now, uh, volatility is not very good anymore. No. Oh, and something else on the mini video that I posted on our YouTube channel, and I think which yeah. is now on the podcast as per thirty minutes ago. So. so in that, I actually said that there's a key level of volatility at 22. And I said, if we break below 22, then I look for volatility to continue to lower. And that is why I'm going along the market. I know this is a shock to everybody. But um, to go with that, and I don't know if you've looked in there recently, but or how much you look in there, but Alex just like yesterday, you know, he kind of put some key levels before the market opens every day about the Dow and where it's at, that sort of stuff. Um, the other day he talked about the VIX and he also put, he put his mark at 20. He said that the VIX went below 20, that it's going, what um, we're going to go way up. And if it, you know, kind of, there was another number on the upper end. He's like, if we hit that, it's going to go down. So it kind of confirmed what you what you said, basically. Yeah, and we were right there at 20. I think volatility rose a little bit, if not unless I missed the last few minutes. Do you know what the Dow's at? What is it at? So I think he said that if it goes below 20, he expects the Dow to break the 30,000, which was the all-time high. Oh, yeah, we're going to all-time highs for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm bullish on – equities um i'm bearish on the dollar i'm bearish on gold um you know if you've been following like my macro trades the dollar has got a lot of us paid on that on that front um you know they're they're just going to continue to devalue the dollar and it's going to push equities up the reason it's not going to push um gold up is because real yields are starting to go less negative they're starting to climb as the dollar gets destroyed so yields, bond yields are going to start rising. But the problem that's going to happen is if, if the yield goes too high on interest rates and we have so much debt, that could we, we could accelerate to the upside and then we could burn to the downside in equities if that interest rate goes too high. That, that, the Fed's biggest problem is going to be interest rates rising in the future. So you know, when we get to halfway through 2021 and interest rates are high, we could have another 2018 scenario at the end of 2018 when they were hiking interest rates and we had too much debt and it caused the market to implode for a couple months. That that could be a problem in the next half year. I don't think it's going to be in the half a year. They were pretty, pretty blatant that 2021, the interest rates were staying where they're at. Now they left it open for 2022 when they said that. So 2021, they said they will keep them. They're going to keep them where they're at. Now, I don't know uh, where the year could be bad. I don't know. The interest rates are already starting to rise. So we'll see. Yeah, but it's kind of, I, I think 2022 might be the real bad year. Um, for multiple reasons. I think we're going to start, you know, we already have came, even though the news will tell you otherwise, businesses are starting to come out of this COVID, COVID era, but there's still a bunch of months left on coming out of the, the COVID eras. That's going to help, you know, a lot of companies that hasn't 
helped yet. So that's going to push kind of – that's kind of going to pump up a little bit, I think, in 2021, just coming from where they were to, you know, back out. And then 2022, I think, is where we get the effects of all this money spending and, um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But um, yeah, that, that's it for the show today. Um, we will have you another one on Monday. So if uh, you'll be listening to this one on Friday, hopefully, if you're listening. Um, but if not, whenever you listen to it, it's fine. Um, but there will be a new show on Monday. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll discuss it. We'll um, think of uh, something similar to the Bollinger Bands that kind of we did. Simple moving average, RSI, Bollinger Band. So we're going to keep moving in the, a similar direction. So, you know, we'll see see what we want to talk about there. But, um, yeah, everyone have a good weekend and um, play the music.